0: Why don't you open us up in prayer and we'll have a time of worship before we get in the word.
1: Yeah. Good morning, Father. Thank you so much, Jesus, for a new day. Father God, I just I praise you. We praise you, Father, for who you are, Father God. We are so thankful, Father God, that we can come together this morning and celebrate life. Yes. Celebrate freedom, Father God. Father God, I just thank you and I just want to pray Father this morning in specific Father, God, for our brothers and sisters around the world, Father, Father, you word declare God that we are hard pressed on every side, Father God, put no crush. Father, you declare that we are perplexed but no despair, Father, God, that Father, we are persecuted but for not forsaken, struck down, Father. And not destroy, Father God. So right now, Father, I pray for our enemies. I pray, Father, in a specific, Father God, I just want to lift that up to you, Father. When you was in the cross, Father God, as I've been meditating, Father God, when you was in the cross, you cry out, Father, forsake them, for they don't know what they're doing, Father God. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, in your name, Father God, we come to you boldly, Father God, to the throne of grace. Father God, and we pray in a specific, Father God, for ISIS. Father God, wherever they are right now, Father God, in the middle is, even in this nation, I just pray, Father God, that you, Father, open their eyes this morning to the reality of heaven. Father, they can see that you are the true God, Father, Father, for those who right now, Father, they are ready to die for your name's sake, Father, God, I just pray that you are strengthening in this hour, Father, Father, that you protect our brothers and sisters, for those father who are witness right now, their family members to being killed in front of them, Father, God, I just pray that you are strengthening them, my Lord, Father, and I pray with all my heart, Jesus, that you bring these people our enemy. Isis Father God to your knee Father God that they will be able to see that you are the true Messiah The King of King and the Lord of Lord Father God and for that Jesus I praise you We praise you Father God Because we know Father as you did with Paul Back then Father God you I know that you can do it with them Father God Father so we thank you for that in advance Father and we give this time to you Jesus I pray, Jesus, that you strengthen us, that you guide us. And I pray over it all, Father, that you open our eyes and ears to hear from you this morning. Father God, and I thank you for that. So, Father, strengthen us, guide us, Holy Spirit, and you are welcome in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Come from the morning, let me hear you say, Some joy, come from the morning, oh joy, come from the morning, oh joy, come from the morning, let me hear you say, Come from the morning, oh beast come from the morning, oh beast come from the morning, let me hear you say, Some peace come in the morning, oh beast come in the morning, oh beast come in the morning, let me hear you say,
0: such great love. For your word declares that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus, the Messiah, the one who came Reconcile mankind back to God. Your word says now, therefore, we are at peace with you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I thank you, God, for that peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding no matter our circumstances in life, no matter what may come to try us, Father, we can have the assurance, God, of that peace that only comes through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, Father, may we focus and fix our eyes upon You. And God, may we have ears to hear today as we open up Your Word, Father. May our hearts be of good soil to receive, so that ultimately, God, our lives would bear lasting fruit of your truth, and that our lives would bring glory and honor to your name, in Jesus' name, amen. So we were supposed to head to Mark chapter 10, but I promise you at some point we will get back to Mark. But today we're going to head through a few different scriptures, and we're going to kind of talk about worship this morning. And as I was praying last night, throughout this morning, kind of putting the notes together, I was just feeling as if the Lord was just leading me through these scriptures to share this morning with you all. I want us to hear a constant theme, if you would, as we're going through these scriptures. That the Lord is calling us. Are we listening? And not only listening, are we responding? Because we just can't be hearers of the Word. We must be doers of the Word. (coughs) Applying God's truth to our lives. We have already studied and we know that the Word says, how does He transform us? By renewing our minds. Some translations it says, by changing the way we think. See, God's in the business of rescuing and redeeming and saving the lost. And in so doing, he transforms us into a new creation because when we accept Jesus Christ, we understand that we've been born again of a new nature. The old man, the old woman, the old flesh, that rebellious nature, we have a good grip and understanding here in this fellowship that that old nature is dead. The Bible says that we're to consider to have nailed those desires to the cross and crucified them there. So then now, how are we to live as God's children, as the people of God? Oh, we're now to grow into this newness of life. We are to to learn the ways of the Lord. We're to walk according to His ways, not our own. We're not to continue to remain in rebellion and call ourselves Christians. No, if you're calling yourself a Christian, then you're calling yourself one who has submitted themselves to God. That He is Lord over your life. And oh, I keep bringing this before us, it's not that we're to be perfect. Your goal as a Christian is not to be perfect, to live a perfect life. We're not perfected until we're with Him. But that doesn't give us a license to continue to sin, to continue to rebel. No, as a Christian, we are to continue to mature. And you say, Rob, but you say this every week, and I want to keep properly saying it until I take my last breath. Because I want to encourage all of us, as I encourage myself to grow up every single day, to mature in your faith, lest you become lukewarm, lest you start forgetting the things of God. And when that happens, all you know to go back to is to the old, that which you are to consider dead. Dead. So last night, Norma, Carrie, and I drove to the beach. We're sitting on the beach. It was a nice evening. All of a sudden, these people start gathering behind us. People probably you and I would have hung out with back in the day. They started setting up their drums... They started sitting up their, their, their chairs and just their circle. And at first, because I, this is the beach I used to live, I know that there's different groups that come to this beach and they have their celebrations and their worship, sometimes their churches, sometimes their occults, and just different groups of people. So I wasn't sure like what was setting up here behind us. But then the more that we three kept looking and like turning back to each other, in my mind I started thinking, is there a festival that I used to worship on this day? Like what, before Christ I used to be involved in the occult and witchcraft and all the crazy stuff that's out there. So I was trying to figure what would have been like this season. Yeah, the moon. I had no clue it was a full moon last night. And this particular full moon is called the flower moon. And this is a time where the the occult, if you would, would celebrate a time of renewal, of rebirth. Well, lo and behold, they were waiting for the moon to rise. And they were about to worship the moon. Worship this new season, this hope of renewal, this hope of life afresh and anew. And the drums start. And the worship begins. And so we're trying to figure out, where's the moon? The moon's not up yet. So Carrie's Googling. She's like, oh, well, the moon. And then we're like, oh, maybe it's behind us. Maybe it's already came up. And so Carrie gets on a website. No, know it's supposed to rise at 180 degrees. 108 degrees east. east. So she gets her phone out. And all of a sudden, she goes, it's right there. It should be coming up there. Well, wouldn't you know it? As the drones started increasing, as these, they begin to worship, the moon comes out. Well, forget it. It was a celebration. It's huge. It was huge. It was huge. And these drums, and they were just worship, And they were pouring all of themselves into worship. The moon. This new season. And I sat there and I was like, wow. God, that they would come to worship the creator, not the created. That God, that they would truly come to worship the one who created the moon for its purpose to identify the seasons.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So we sat there for quite some time. The dancing begins. The sage burning begins. You know, they also have other rituals that would have gone on throughout the night. I sat there and this is kind of what inspired me as I came home and I was laying in bed with these scriptures that we're going to go through the day because I'm like, God, such empty worship. And yet you couldn't tell them any different. They believe what they believe, and what they believe defines them. And we've talked about this before. Other faiths out there, what they believe, they truly believe that that is their way. That is the way. It is what defines them. And what defines them, they become. And so, as it should be for Christians. Christians have the truth. And you say, well, do we really have the truth? Yes, we have the truth because Jesus says, and we talked about this on Friday night, (coughs) that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There's no other way to God but through me but through me. Jesus has established it. And then you can kind of take it a, a step further if you want. Do some reading. It's interesting. As I laid awake last night, throughout this morning and getting up, and I was thinking upon and meditating on The scripture, and we have an understanding here, and it's something I'll keep bringing back in front of us that God's plan, God's purpose from the beginning of time was to have a people that He will call His own and that they will call Him their God. That would worship Him and Him alone. We've talked about it before. Like Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it didn't take God by surprise. (laughs) Because we understand as we are reading the word that the cross was purposed before the earth was formed. You see, the cross had to take place. This horrific death of our Savior had to occur so that the greatest love can be displayed throughout all creation. There wouldn't be a question of God's love for creation. Especially for His created. Man and woman. That he will have a people that he will call his own, and that they in return will call him their God. Jesus came to reconcile mankind back to God. If you go to the book of Exodus, chapter 20, and again as we go through these scriptures, Again, I want to lay out this theme, if you would, that God is calling us. Are we listening and are we responding? In Exodus, chapter 20, verse 3 and (laughs) 4. Chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. It's when these commandments, God gave these commandments to His people. Now remember, God's purpose and plan. To have a people that he will call his own, and in return they will call him their God. In the beginning, when God established this under this, this concept of, 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 of the cross and, and laying out this prophecy, this prophetic understanding of the Messiah, the one that would come. Jesus. In order for Jesus to come, God purposed and planned a group of people to begin with, the Israelites. He claimed them, this group of people on this earth, as his own in the beginning. So that the Messiah would come through. But yet though he planned for them in the beginning, his whole purpose from the beginning were all people. But he chose the Israelites first. And in so doing, he gave them a list of ten laws, if you would. These commandments. And we understand, as you study scripture, that giving these commandments, they could have never been kept. God knew that mankind couldn't keep these commandments. Well, why would he give them? The commandments were given to show mankind their need for a Savior. We know that when Jesus came and when Jesus accomplished what He accomplished through the cross, through His resurrection, through His ascension into heaven, now He's seated at the right hand of the Father and He's poured out the Holy Spirit and He's given the Holy Spirit to all who would believe. We understand that He didn't come to do away with the law, He came to fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. And in fulfilling the law, our requirements now is not to keep the law. Your Christian life is not about rules and do's and don'ts. No, your Christian life now is in Christ. So you don't make it about, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Because if that's your concept of Christianity and all you have is a form of religion, and it's of no use to you, because then in and of yourself, you're trying to keep something that God already did through Jesus. (coughs) <coughs> you, even you know, of yourself, can't please God no matter how good you're trying to be. That's why you need Jesus. And again, that and Christ doesn't give you the, the right to sin. Because again, it's not about doing, I can do whatever I want and then play the grace game. That's not, that's not what it's about. No, because sin and death are defeated. Because of what Christ has accomplished. So you're not to be ruled and reigned by the old nature. Because you've been born again of the new. You are now engrafted into the family of God. You have been adopted. You have been given the right to call him daddy. Your worship is not empty any longer. No, you, have a, you should have a sincere devotion towards God. Honor him and respecting him. Sin should no longer master you, Romans 6 says. You are a slave to what you give yourself to. And that's what I keep encouraging us. You can't keep calling yourself a Christian if you're choosing daily your choice to remain rebellious. To continue to go your way and tell God, screw you, I'll do me. I'll come to you when I need you, but until then... Let me be me, because I have a right to be me. And God loves you enough to say, if you want to be you, then be you. But from the beginning, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4, he says here, God, you must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. I'm going to carry on to verse 5. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Wow. This is God speaking. And you say, well, that was then. Well, as it is then, so it is now. Because you remember when the religious folk came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Ah, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, and with all of your strength. He sums it up. There should be no other God before me. You should not be worshipping idols. And as it is with God's people today, we shouldn't have idols erected in our lives that take us from our sincere devotion to God. Your Christian life is not supposed to be, oh, I have to go to church, or I have to pray, or I have to... If that's what it is, then you really have no devotion. You're not forced. It's a desire to know Him even more. And He gives us the church as a fellowship, as a community of believers to encourage, to edify, and to build each other up. We're all at different paths if you would on our journey with christ we're either at infancy or we're middle age or we're a senior saint but either way no matter where you are in your maturity in christ you ought to be growing with a sincere devotion to know him even more those who will seek him will find him if they seek him With your whole heart. But as we talked about on Friday night, we walked through the book of 2 Peter. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you sometime this week, go read the letter that Peter penned. Warning the church of the false teachers that will creep in and present a gospel that's not the gospel. That will begin to give God's people the right to do what they want. Begin to pervert the truth in order to satisfy the hunger that lies within you. Oh, I can taste this and I can have that. And of course God loves me. And then we walk further away from God. It says in that letter, Peter says, that many will walk away from faith. Not just a few. And he's talking about the people in the church. That many will wander away from God, and yet they believe they're with God. (laughs) They believe somehow they've been so deceived into thinking that they know God and they're in relationship with God, but yet they don't know God, and he has no recollection of them knowing him, because when they stand before him and say, well, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You who chose sin in your life over a life with me. You see, it's time that the church awakens in this hour to her true identity as the bride of Christ, as those who belong to God
2: Himself.
0: Worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. He's calling us. Are we listening? Are we responding? Do we see the signs of the times in which we are living? Do we see how desperate the world needs the church to be the church? Not a group of religious people. Not the people who just show up and then show off throughout the week for themselves. But a group of people who are humbly submitted to God, serving others, loving others, caring for others, not seeking to build an establishment for themselves and close them up all from the world. No, a group of people who are willing to go out into the world and to the harvest fields and work as the Lord calls them to, to bring a harvest in for His kingdom. To be his hands, to be his feet, to be his voice. Not seeking to gain attention or applause for man. Listen, I'm not here to entertain you. All I can do is present truth to you as I present it to myself daily. To encourage myself. To keep my eyes focused and fixed upon him. To keep my heart towards him is all that he's done for me and all that he has done for you. He starts off from the beginning. No other God. Don't create any idols. If you have idols in your life today, if you have things that you give more of your affection to, rather it be relationships, rather it be whatever your entertainment or whatever you, whatever it is that defines you, you need to tear them down. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, to change the way you are thinking, so that you can be transformed into who God has purposed you to be. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 44. 44 verse... 24. You see, throughout the Old Testament, throughout God's people, the Israelites, we if you read about them, you'll see there are certain times that they are so close to God, and then turn a page, and they're so far away from God. They're back at their own ways. They're back at their own desires. God raises up these prophets, these men, who God has given them his word to go forth and begin to prophesy of the coming Messiah, to begin to prophesy of the healing and the hope for Israel as a nation. And he keeps warning them, stop going your way. Stop being religious. Stop honoring me with your lips when you don't even honor me with your heart. And you know what they did to the prophets? They killed them. (laughs) They didn't want to hear. They wanted to claim God, but they didn't want to hear from God. They wanted to claim God, but they didn't want to hear from God. They weren't willing to lay their lives down to follow the one who had delivered them time after time after time after time. So, in Isaiah here, chapter 44, verse 24 through 26, this is what the Lord says Your Redeemer and Creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? I exposed the false prophets as liars. I make fools of fortune tellers. I cause the wise to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. Ah, but look at verse 26. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. I will bring forth what I have spoken. God, your Redeemer, the Creator. He said, I alone made the heavens and the earth. Who was with me? Wow. Wow. You see, for many years of my life, I wanted to be my own God. As with all of you. Before Christ, we seek to serve us, ourselves. It's all about us, me, myself, and I. How I can manipulate and do just to get things I want done. How to make my life all about me, my pain, my hurt, everything, my joy, my peace, everything. And yet, God, really, Rob? Of heaven and earth. I will bring forth my word, Rob. I will accomplish all that I have purposed and spoken to accomplish. It will be done. Rather you believe or not, Rob. I am God. I remember the day that I have humbled myself before him. And as mo- the majority of you know, I hated Jesus. I hated Christians. I hated anything that you can even possibly imagine about the cross or church or Jesus or this whole thing. And yet, when he spoke to my heart, I couldn't help but bow my knee. God. <clears throat> and trust me. I spent seasons of this walk. Before Christ, I was a crazy man. After coming to Christ, there were seasons in my life where I played the religious role. I showed up, did what I was supposed to do, but my heart was so far away from Him. I've been there, just going through the motions of life. Praise Jesus. And yet feeling so broken, so empty. Tormented. Where's my peace gone? Why am I here? This isn't what saved me. Just going to church, going through the motions, this isn't what transformed my life. God, where are you? Careful, Rob. rules and those laws and carrying a form of religion, but denying my power, it's not what saved you. Remember when Jesus says, abide with me. Remain in me. This sincere devotion, you all. Do you have a sincere devotion to love the Lord your God with your very being daily? Are you willing to yield your desires, your wants in life and say, God, my life is yours?
2: That's the question. He's
0: calling. Are we listening? How are we responding? Good Isaiah 58. God knows our heart. I could keep pretending all I want to be a Christian. To have this intimate relationship with God. Calling myself a Christian. And not living a life that honors Him. But why would I? Somehow thinking I'm fooling Him. Remember we read before the book of Psalms where He says, You basically continue to do what you did And we thought because I was silent, I didn't care. Oh, but I'm coming. This is what God says, to tear you apart. And people go, oh, I don't want to hear of God like that. Like we want to strip him of, of of, of, of all that he is. Listen, we've talked about it over and over here. He's a God of wrath, and he's a God of love. He's a God of love, and he's a God of wrath. He's both. And whenever you see his wrath, he always displays his love. Like, I'm going to tear you apart, but if you return to me. Like, this is what's going to happen if you continue to go your way, but if you would return to me. His love endures forever. He is a just God. He is a holy God. He knows our heart. He knows what our affections are towards. And he says, I, like we just read, I am a jealous God. And look what he says here. Shout with the voice of trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. 58 verse 1. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. Oh, did you hear this? God's people coming into the temple. And they seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation. They would never abandon the laws of God. They they show up and they act holy. They act righteous. As it was for Israel, so it is for today's church. We show up. We're here. We claim ourselves as Christians. That's what they were doing. Oh, he takes it further. They ask me to take action on their behalf. Pretending they want to be near me. They're praying to God. God pay my bills. God make me better. God do for me. You know how much I love you, God. Look, I'm in church. God. he goes on the people say we have fasted before you they say why aren't you impressed we have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice at all oh God we feel horrible for the things we've done we confess of our sins. We beat ourselves up. Haven't you noticed it, God? Listen to what God says. I would tell you why. This is God. I respond it's because you are fasting to please yourself. Huh? Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, of saying you're sorry. You go through the motions. Oh God, I'm a horrible person. God, I'm sorry. Huh. Bowing your heads. Like reeds bending in the wind, you dress up in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you're calling fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this kind of fasting I want. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. And remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Oh, you want to know what it truly is to be my people? It's not this form and this display that you keep doing only to satisfy yourself. No, you really want true worship? You really want true fasting? You really want a sincere devotion? Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those Who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Serve others. The very way of life that he was calling his people to live is the very way of life he came to display through Christ. Jesus didn't come as a pious religious person, he was God in flesh. I will show my people the way in which they should live. He then says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Wow, that's great news. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like well watered garden, like an ever flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will delight, will be your delight. And I will give you great honor and satisfy you with an inheritance, I promise, to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. you would just turn to me, God says. Stop your charades. Stop your playing church. Stop your games. Stop your religious ways. Saying you're fasting, saying you belong to me, but yet there's such division among you, within your own heart. You're pursuing after every lust and form of it. As soon as it flares up in you, you're gone from me. You choose relationships that don't honor me. You're in relationships that don't honor me. You're doing and going about your day, and you're not honoring me. But if you would honor me, I'm a God that restores. I'm a God that that heals. I'm a God that 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 turns everything out for the good for those who love him, are called according to his purpose. I'm a God that will see you through your trials. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But be a good cheer. I've already overcame the world. There's a whole different way of living. Your light will shine in the darkness that's out there. Shine like the noonday. That others may see that there's something different about you. What is it? It's Jesus. And to some, you will be a fragrance. A sweet-smelling life, to others you would be a stench of death because they do not want to hear about Jesus. <coughs> He's calling his people out. Stop holding a form of religion. <coughs> Stop pretending. <coughs> I'm calling you as my own. Are you listening? Are you responding? Go to Isaiah chapter 59. You're right there. Verse 1. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is His ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds, and they give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spider webs. Whoever falls into their webs will die, and there's danger even in getting near them. Their webs can't be made into clothing, and nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin, and violence is is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning, misery, and destruction always follows them. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one who follows them knows a moment of peace. He's not describing the world here, though that is the world's ways because all the world knows is rebellion. He is describing people who are calling them his children. They have a form, they have a, a, an understanding of God, but they don't know God. They're in the temple, and yet they're filled with such sin, and misery, and destruction. As it is, the church is not to be identified with sin, the church is ought, ought to be dealing with sin, but lest we say anything because we don't want to offend anybody. Listen, there is a standard in which needs to be raised up. There's a standard in which needs to be raised up. Sin is not to be our master. We're not to be defined by sin any longer. That doesn't mean you won't sin, but when you sin, you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit that brings you to a place that you are in deep sorrow because you understand the destructiveness of sin. It destroys. It separates you from God. And you're given authority to a power, a force that has been defeated. And listen, we've talked a lot about it here. It's your choice. You choose to sin. No one forces you to. Your bad attitude is your choice, not the driver in front of you. Your bad attitude, the things that you're doing through life, your gossiping, your backbiting, your slandering, your perversion, your addictions, whatever it is. My sins, what I chose to do or what I will choose today, if it doesn't honor God, it's my choice. Where does sin come from? It comes from the desires that are from within. Remember, temptation is not a sin. But when you give in to temptation, it'll lead you to death. Remember, I've told you always, constantly, your flesh only knows how to do one thing, and that's to die. And that's why it craves the filth of this world. The very things that you're putting your hope in, the very relationships that you're finding your worth and value in, are the very things that'll destroy you. Because when those things are ripped away from you, what do you have left, Again, it's not wrong to have relationships and things. But it's wrong when your relationships and the things have you. See, your worth can only be found in Christ. Because all these other temporalness things, all these other things that can be gone here today, gone tomorrow, Christ is the only thing that remains. So you can have your hope in Christ and that hope in Him will never disappoint. And that's why when Christians mourn, we don't mourn like the world. We know that there's a hope of an eternal life. And that's why as Christians, when we get up daily, it should be our desire to get out there. And to live our life, to let our light shine. In hopes that others would come to know Jesus. That they too will find the hope in Christ. Christ. And that we're not getting up, as this was listed here, this way of life, of just going about our way. And look what it says here. No one who follows them, these people who live for themselves, knows a moment of peace. Knows a moment of peace. There are people following you. There are people watching you. Rather it's your children, rather it's your family, rather it's your friends, your coworkers, whoever. What are they seeing? Who are they seeing? You or Him? I have encouraged you and I will continue to encourage you in this too. Let them see you fall. Don't try to be all religious and you're perfect and look how holy I am and look how unholy you are. Yeah, no, 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 no. They need to see you fall. That doesn't give you the right to go out to choose to fall. But when you do fall, get up. So they can see what it means to be restored. Sometimes we give the the loss or we give the hurting, the wrong um, view. They need to see what you're going through. They need to see your life lived out before them in Christ. They need to understand the hope that is in Christ. The fullness and the restoration that He offers They don't need to continue to see see us choosing to sin and dismiss him. I told you before coming to Christ, I found it amusing. The Christians, hey, come to church with me. Oh, you should come to church with me. Get up early and come to church with me while we're sitting at the bar or laying in bed having sex. What? Who is your God, I would tell them. I even knew then that I didn't want to play around with God. As much as I hated Jesus and wanted nothing to do with Christians, there was something still within me that when it came to God, to Jesus, I knew, like, ah, uh, yeah. And when I would see these people try to witness to me, yet keep doing the very same things that I'm doing it was like, where is your God? And I would say to them, don't you fear him? Like when I had an opportunity to go in the pastor's house and do some nasty things. Oh no, I'm not stepping into that man's house. When we would go and we would pray against little local churches. T- 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 and try to do our little cantations and all the little different things on them, <clears throat> the churches that had a bright light that I could see, oh, I'm not going near that building. <clears throat> you see, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with rulers and principalities and air of the darkness. There is a spiritual realm in which you cannot see, but yet it is established. And yet God himself is on the throne over it all. What are people seeing? What are you testifying to? So what? You go to church. <coughs> so what? You have a Bible. <laughs> so what? If you're not living it, then what do you really have? You're no different than the loss. he's calling us are we listening are we responding he's telling them his people you're choosing to go your way and nothing good is going to come from it and you're wondering why everyone around you is suffering you're wondering why things aren't coming together You're choosing your way, not (laughs) mine. Go to Jeremiah, Chapter Two, Verse Twenty Three. So, Jeremiah is another prophet God raised up to call his people back to himself. He's listing out here everything, the results of sin in the nation of Israel, God's people. Verse 23 You say, that's not true. So Israel's response is, that's not true. That's not what we've done. I haven't worshipped the images of Baal. (laughs) But how can you say that? The Prophet asked him, how can you say that you haven't done what has been laid out against you? Go and look in the valley, in the land. Face the awful sins you have done. You are like a restless female camel, desperately searching for a mate. You are like a wild donkey, sniffing the wind at mating time. Who can restrain her lust? Those who desire her don't need to search, for she goes running to them. When will you stop running? When will you stop panting? After other gods. But you say, Save your breath. I'm in love with these foreign gods. I can't stop loving them now. The people respond to God's man of the hour, Jeremiah. (laughs) Proclaiming the word of God. But we just can't stop It's who we are. It's what we love. Funny how in the beginning, they were just saying that what they're saying, that they're of, they were saying they weren't. But now as we expose, go look at your life. It's basically what Jeremiah told them. Go look at the valley. Go look at what you erected. Go look where you've been and what you've done. Oh, you mean those things? We can't stop it. It's what we love. It's who we are. Israel is like a thief who feels shame only when he gets caught. They, their kings, officials, priests, and prophets are all alike in this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled from a block of stone, they say, You are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out to me, Come save us! Oh, they want nothing to do with God until there's trouble among them. Now all of a sudden, God, come, come, be our God! God! Uh God replies in verse 28, But why not call on these gods you've made? When trouble comes, let them save you if they can. For you have as many gods as there are towns in Judah. I love this question that God proposes to them. Why do you accuse me of doing wrong? You are the ones who have rebelled, says the Lord. Oh, that's so true for us today. We like to blame God. We're angry at God. Somehow it's all his fault. He's like, no, it's not me. It's your rebellious way. I have punished your children, but they did not respond to my discipline. You yourselves have killed your prophets as a lion kills its prey. O my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them a land of darkness? Why then do my people say, at last we are free from God? We don't need him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. How you plot and scheme to win your lovers, even as an experienced prostitute, even an experienced prostitute can learn from you. What? What? That's God. You're like a loose woman. You're like a prostitute. Look how you're treating me. You're giving yourself to everything as long as they give something to you. You give of yourself so freely. A prostitute can learn from you. He's saying that to his people. Not those who don't know him, but those who say they know him. Look how you're living. I am calling to you. You're not listening. You're not responding. Turn to me. Your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor, though you didn't catch them breaking into your houses. And yet you say, I've done nothing wrong. Surely God isn't angry with me. But now I will punish you severely because you claimed you have not sinned. First here, then there, you flirt with one ally to another, asking for help. But your new friends in Egypt will let you down, just as Assyria did before. In despair, you will be led into exile, with your hands on your heads, for the Lord has rejected the nations you trust. They will not help you at all. And you say, but Rob, that was then. Oh As it was then, so it is now. There's nothing new under the sun. I know we like to strip him and make him this all tree loving God, like a hippie passing out hugs and muffins. Do whatever you want, it's okay. Live however you want. Forget that I died for you. It doesn't matter. Just be free and expressive with your love. Do whatever you want. And yet, if you open up the New Testament, lest we forget the last book, The second Peter we talked about on Friday night. Yet though the Lord is slow in returning. He's patient. Because his desire is that none would experience his wrath. But that all would come to repentance. Where is your God? thought he was returning. Are you waiting for Jesus' return? The world mocks it. The church somehow, not all of us, have forgotten it. There is a day. And if you don't really fully grasp it, I would encourage you to go study it. Because everything that this book has laid out, God's holy word, is coming to pass. Everything that has been predicted in it, even until you look at our generation and all that's taking place, and everything that's lining up is all in this book. His return. No man, no woman knows the day or the hour, but He is returning. And I'm sorry, when He returns, it's not going to be sprinkles and rainbows and cherubs and this bright light of, oh, of new day dawning, this, this weird love that we've twisted Scripture to be, where everyone's included, No, it's not going to be raining sprinkles, rainbow collars. It's not going to be giving you free hugs and muffins and everyone collectively, let's just all sing kumbaya for the day of the Lord is here. Oh no. Second Peter says he has stored up fire. And this earth is going to be hit with his judgment, his wrath. It is stored up for all who remain rebellious to his kingdom. Oh, I don't like that preaching, pastor. (laughs) Ease it up. Make this fun for us. Go find yourself entertainment somewhere else. I care more about your eternity than entertaining you. I can shuck and jive like the best of them. I can give you a Holy Ghost shout and a, and a stample across the, the floor. All I can give you is the truth of God's word. This generation of young people, can you believe that we live in, in, in America? That we have a generation of young people in America that has never heard of the name Jesus That breaks my heart. (coughs) Can you believe that we have thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of youth group in America? And the majority of our kids who are in youth group look no different than the world. Do you know why? (laughs) Because the majority of adults sitting in churches look no different than the world. But come to Jesus, everyone. (laughs) come to church that's all just gather up and sing kumbaya because isn't the lord gracious unto us live however you want it doesn't matter ah it's okay is it is it reminding his people here just as he did then so he does now in our generation in the chaos and a ruhaha that is going on don't lose track of who god is you all don't allow your worship to be in vain don't just don't allow yourself just to exist Live with a purpose, understand the fullness of who Christ is. Find your healing and your redemption in Christ and in Christ alone. Some of you have made and never have made, never have made a decision for Christ, and I would ask you, why not? What are you waiting for? What is it in your life that is so much worth of value than the love of God? Because you can drop dead right now. And then when you stand before him, what are you going to tell him? Well, that relationship was more important to me than you. Well, all all these misconceptions and everything about you, I just feel not really gather it. Uh, That's not going to fly. Because God is pleased to reveal himself to you. He has been pursuing you. He has been revealing himself to you so that when you stand before him, he is just in his decision. You refuse me. I don't know you. Or, enter in, my child. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Listen, there's a gospel being peddled out there. That's not the gospel, you all. And we shouldn't be surprised by it because we are warned in the New Testament over and over and over. In fact, Paul says to the church in Galatia, in the book of Galatians, who has bewitched you? Why have you turned to another gospel that isn't the gospel in which you received? Who has bewitched you? Who among you? He warns the church, oh, they're going to be sitting with you. In 2 Peter, he tells them, they're going to even sit at your fellowship meals. Those who want to come into the church and pervert the word of God. So that you would not live out the word of God. So that you would close your ears to not hear God calling you. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3 and after that we're going to John and we're wrapping up for today. Actually to go to Jeremiah chapter 4. Verse
3: 1 and
0: 2. Oh Israel, the Lord says, if you wanted to return to me, you could. Isn't that beautiful? He lists again, whenever you see his wrath, you'll see his love. So we can't get, you know, we can't just be preaching, oh, God's wrath, God's wrath, God's wrath. Damn you sinners. It's a part of it. But whenever you preach his wrath, you've got to give the fullness of God, show his love. Look what he says here. Oh, Israel, says the Lord, remember, he's calling. If you wanted to return to me, you could. You could throw away your detestable idols and stray away no more. Then you will swear by my name, saying, as surely as the Lord lives, you could do so with truth, justice, and righteousness. Then you would be a blessing to the nations of the world, and all people would come and praise My name. You see Israel? You see the collective church in this generation? If you would just turn back to God. If you would just hear Him calling and respond God God then others would know that I'm God. You see we have to live a bigger life than just focusing on just the here and now. Just getting through the day. No, no. You have purpose. Remain in relationship with God, you all. Seek him and he will be found. He desires you. God himself, the creator of heaven and earth, desires you. He longs for that intimate fellowship with you. I may have told you this before. And as I'm sharing this with you, let's go to John chapter 1. That's where we'll close. There was a season in my life when when I was just a religious man, I longed for the days of what it was like in my beginning days with God. where I didn't work hard to get his attention. I just loved him. Like Oh God, I used to walk that beach where I lived for hours. Oh God, what you're doing in my life, I don't fully
2: understand, but God,
0: just getting to know Him, just lavishing my love on Him, He was giving me new songs to sing for Him. I didn't have a bunch of Christians around me in my formative years with Christ. I fought, listen, y'all, I fought really hard to try to dismiss him. I tried to hold on to my life so hard. But each and every moment, he kept showing up, showing me his great love. And then the day that I really threw myself down before him, trying to figure a way to To keep living for me and and living for him, he revealed to me his wrath. And oh God, I don't want to be separated from you. So now I'm in this season and I'm just religious. I'm just going through the works and just doing, and yet I've been remembering these days, and I'm like, God, why? Where have you gone? And it's not where had he gone? His response was. Where have you gone? And I told you all, I believe I shared this with you. I went away thinking, okay, I just need some time away. I'll go fast, as we read earlier. I'll go pray. I'll go do all this stuff to try to conjure up God. And nothing was working. And then finally he brought me to my knees. He spoke clearly to my heart and said, why are you performing To get my attention. If you would just love me like you loved me in the beginning, do you love them, you all? It's a question for all of us. I mean the depths of your heart, let's just be real here. Do you love God? And if you don't, that's your choice. But understand, understand His great love for you. And if you choose to reject it, that's your choice. Live however you want. Go get your fill because that's all you have. But if you do love Him, then put away your idols. Start start allowing your relationships to be those that are godly. Make decisions that are going to honor Him. Even when it's hard to do it because everyone around you is watching and mocking and laughing at you. Even if they want to throw up your past, oh, now all of a sudden you're holy. But remember when? (laughs) And you can say, mock and laugh all I want. I once was, but now I am. Because I am secured in Christ. My past no longer defines me. Yeah, I was a wretched person. You're right. But my God is one that can take one that was wretched and clean him up. Restore him to the fullness of life. And listen, your walk with God, your relationship with God is not based on the possessions you have. Lest we want the prosperity message to be the false gospel we're running after. Yes, he does prosper his people. But the ultimate goal in Christ is not to be prosperous on this earth. In fact, if he does prosper you on this earth, that which you have been given is now used to further his kingdom, not to further your palaces. Come on, you all. God himself desires an intimate relationship with you. And if you choose to go your way, it's your choice. But listen to 1 John. All right. Chapter John. I mean, up. The book, the book of John, chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Verse 1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We've got to understand this, you all. Darkness cannot extinguish the light, no matter how dark it's growing out there. It's not going to distinguish the light of God. No matter how they tell you, you can't pray and you can't do this and you can't have that or whatever uh, that this generation wants to tell Christians. Listen, also, let's just be real too. We're not to be out there cursing and fighting with people. We're We're to be out there loving them, serving them. Just as Christ would. We're not out there to demand our rights. If they strip us of all of our rights, we will still live and serve our God. Amen. We will still honor Him. We will still speak of Him. We're not going to be out there hitting people and fighting with people. Yes, we should be involved, and yes, our voices should be heard, but there's a way in which they ought to be heard and displayed. The darkness will never extinguish the light. And I warn Christians, and 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 I'm mindful of this understanding that we've got to stop giving the enemy such great applause. As if he's winning. No, the things in which we are seeing and the things that will continue to come upon this earth is not a greater level of evil winning. It's a greater level of light that's about to shine. Because Jesus himself says, it has to grow very dark before the day of my return. In the last days, people will become so rebellious. They're going to become lovers of self. The love of many is going to grow cold. And when I hear that scripture, do you know what motivates me every day when I get up as a pastor, as a Christian, as one who's following Christ? I say, My God, in this generation and the generations to come, the love of many is growing to cold, cold. And how is the church being prepared and equipped to stand in that day? People are going to become ruthless. People are going to become all about themselves. Perversion is going to abound in a greater way than we have ever seen. Strife and murder, just total chaos is going to hit this earth. And if the church can't stand in this hour, how is she going to stand in that hour? So I have a passion to equip Christians to be able to stand in the generation in which they were purposed for. As long as you have breath in your life, you are purposed for this generation. You are the light of the world. Go and bear this light. Darkness cannot extinguish it. You have already nailed those desires to the world, I mean to the cross. Your desires of the world are gone and the worldly desires for you are done with. You're living differently now. You're getting up with a purpose Stop giving the enemy credit in your life and in the life of others. Start testifying to the goodness of your God even in the midst of your chaos. Even in the midst of your circumstances when everything seems to be being stripped away from you, stand up and proclaim the goodness of your God lest you turn from Him and go find assistance somewhere else.
2: Amen.
0: The goodness of your God. God sent a man Verse 6, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people And even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but birth that comes from God. Jesus came into this world. Knewing that he would be rejected and despised by many, and yet he knew there would be some that would respond and come to him. And those who responded in a way that accepted him, his free gift of salvation, his gift of love, he gave them the right to be his children. Listen to that, you all. The right to become children of God, they are reborn. Listen, again, it's not of a physical birth. It's of a spiritual birth. It's of a new way of life. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when He shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who. Is himself, God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Jumping to verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but now I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that He is the chosen one of God. Jesus, you all. The chosen one of God. The one who has displayed such great love By taking your punishment. He took upon the wrath (coughs) that you deserved. And he did it freely. He expressed himself with such love for you. And he calls us to a life now in him. To abide in him. To learn of him. He's given us the Holy Spirit our teacher, our comforter. See, this life now in Christ, if you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, your life now is to be one that's lived, growing and maturing in the knowledge of God. And now how then shall you live each day honoring Him? This life dependent on the Holy Spirit, Paul addresses the church as well. Why are you trying to live out in the flesh what you received in the Spirit? It can't be done. These two forces war against each other. Go read Galatians 5. He gives you a list of what the flesh produces. (laughs) But then he gives you the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, your life in Christ is not one that is out there <clears> waiting to happen. No, it's right here and now. <clears throat> you can live differently. You can live as a whole person. You, you shouldn't be making decisions out of your brokenness from your past because that shouldn't be defining you. And if it is still defining you, don't beat yourself up. Just remind yourself, how does he transform me? By renewing my mind, by changing the way I think. So God, I want to seek this. I need to know this, God. Because I'm tired of making decisions out of my brokenness. When I know that I am whole in Christ. When I know that you have a life for me. Your word says that you know the plans that you have for me. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to give me a hope in the future. God, make me steadfast in this understanding. That I may know your truth. Or I can remember all the abuse that I took. The pain that I went through. The years of addiction and years of all the other junk that I did. And I can make decisions based out of that. And you would see a wreck of a man in front of you. Listen, all of us, no matter where we're at. God desires a relationship with you. And he, made, he has made a way for that through Christ. If you've never accepted him, I don't know what you're waiting for. And if you have accepted him, but you're not maturing in your walk, I don't know why you're not. Because sooner or later, you're going to wander away from your faith. <clears throat> Be alert, the Bible says. The enemy prowls around, seeking whom he may devour. People who call themselves Christians will come and present a false gospel to you. And you'll go that way. And I've I've warned you, if you see a gospel that's presenting the right to yourself to live however you want, you better run from it. Because that's not the gospel. Jesus himself knew. And that's why he is passionate when he speaks through his word and to his disciples and to us today. Are we listening? Are we responding? You know where you're at. I'm going to close this with this time of worship. But what I want to challenge you with is what I started in, off in the beginning. God is calling. Are you listening? And are you responding? There's an urgency in this hour. There's an urgency in this day. Listen, do you realize the generation you're living in? Do you realize it's not being if you don't believe me, go 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 look. It's out there in the news, but our news isn't sharing it. Do you realize the slaughter of Christians that are taking place on the other side of the world? There are secular people, people who aren't even Christians, raising their voices going, wait a minute, genocide is taking place. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Christians are being slaughtered for their faith, and no one seems to care. These are people who aren't even Christians. Brothers and sisters in Christ, because of their faith, they're being slaughtered, you all. I told you that, I told you that one article I read. Again, he isn't a Christian, but he was saying how he was so overwhelmed but what's being done to Christians. And how basically the world is sitting by allowing it to happen. He says there's an onslaught war against Christianity. And we're seeing it in our lifetime. We can't keep playing church. I don't want to play church with you all. There's work to be done out there People are dying. People are dying for the faith. And we want to keep prancing around lukewarm. Praise Jesus, hallelujah! Speaking in tongues and running amok. And for what? We don't even know how to share our faith because we're not even doing we're not even being discipled in truth. Come on, come on. Wake up! The same thing I'm saying to you, I say to myself every day, wake up, Rob. See what's around you. And then having all those drums beat behind me last night and looking at all these people who are gathering to wait for this moon to erupt in the sky. And then they, it's a jubilee. (laughs) The moon's here. It's a new season. All the healing and and the renewal and they're dancing and they're going on and on. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) What are
2: we doing? It's an urgency. Our loved ones.
0: Our co-workers. People that come across our path each and every day. People need to hear about Jesus. Because people are dying. We gotta stop keep we gotta stop caring more about people's temporalness than their eternity. Well, I don't want to offend them. (laughs) I'll pray for them. Yeah, praying is good, but let's be serious. They need to see it lived out before them. Again, you're not meant to be perfect. It's not about, oh, i got to be perfect. No, no, just live your life. Let them just see you love
2: God. Your love for God.
0: Slipping into an eternity apart from God. I'll close with this, I promise. I'm closing. I shared this Friday night. I heard of an incredible testimony of this lady. She battled cancer for years. <clears throat> She died last week. <clears throat> but on the day that she died, she led 12 people to Jesus. In fact, as the family member was testifying of this woman's life, she says, Rob, you know, we were all going with her. But if she would see the needs of others within the treatment place or the hospital or whatever, she would send us to them if she wasn't strong enough to get to them. She just wanted them to know about Jesus. Or she just wanted them to feel a touch of someone who would love them. And tell them, you're not alone. The day she died, She went to 12 people, and as they wheeled her back and placed her on her
2: bed, my work is done. Was her last words? She died.
0: Wow. These aren't tears of sorrow. These are tears of conviction. Are you kidding me? That's beautiful. She could have had every right to feel everything that she was going through and and, and allow her suffering to define her. But she knew the one who was greater than her suffering. She lived out that scripture. Do whatever you want to my body, but you cannot take my soul. (laughs) Do whatever. I will not let my present circumstances define me. No, my God defines me. So throw at me everything in the kitchen sink. I'll keep telling you about the one with such great love for mankind who came and died for you. Oh, to be able to be on my deathbed and to be able to look at you and say, my work is done. For you to be able to reach The point of death my work is done oh God he's calling are we listening and responding I'll close with this